1: Welcome to the Roadwire DFS podcast, Monday, September 25th, last regular season Monday of this baseball season. We have a pretty good size evening slate, a couple afternoon games that we are going to disregard on this pod because by the time you hear it, one of those games will have started, the other one will be close to starting up. Uh, nine games in total looking ahead to tonight, and actually. Four pitchers priced up above 9000 which for this time of year is as much as you can really ask for. Uh, Hugh Darvish home against the Padres. Luke Weaver trying to keep the Cubs from clinching the NL Central. Uh, he's the second most expensive option at 9500 at home against the Cubs. Aaron Nola's home against the Nats at 9300 And Zach Godley, 9100 home against the Giants. Uh, you look at the, the Diamondbacks right now. They just clinched a playoff spot yesterday, so we know that their lineup will probably be hungover or tired from celebrating (laughs) and swimming in the pool and all those things Uh, so run support may be a little harder for them to come by today we may see a watered down version of the Diamondbacks lineup understandably so most teams operate that way but how do you see Zach Godley do you feel pretty good about Godley because he's going up against a Giants team that has been pretty weak offensively from start to finish this season Yeah, that and
2: Godley's just pretty good, it seems, Uh, as peripherals are real nice, high strikeout, uh, high ground ball kind of guy. He's been really good at home. So, yeah, the the run support for the reasons you mentioned might be a bit of a concern, but uh, bless you. I think he will bounce back from his otherwise disappointing matchup against the Padres recently. Uh, His ownership might be a bit deflated from that. I'm assuming a lot of I'm assuming he was chalky that day and some people might be a little bit like bitter toward him. But, uh, yeah, as far as those top four guys, it uh, seems like we would say that, right, Nola is
1: the best one, like the best pitcher. Currently, uh, yeah, because Darvish has been leaving starts early too often, and that's something I'm a little bit worried about. He went seven against the Giants on the 13th, but he's gone uh, less than six in the other four starts around that if you look back at his last five so strikeouts aren't that high lately either they're they're okay like they they're they're low because the innings are low the strikeout rate is still good uh but there is still some some concern with darvish i mean the padres even if you project darvish for five innings against the padres you could reasonably expect seven strikeouts and the ceiling for like 10 is there in five innings so I don't hate it at ninety six hundred, but I don't I don't love it either. With Weaver, I I like the he skills really a lot. The, the Cubs are playing really well right now, yeah. So that's that's the fear for me. He is going against Lester, and Lester on the other side, I think reduces the win probability. Uh, for Luke Weaver as well. Oh, so you think so? I think it does. I, th- I think Lester will be good enough to keep the Cubs in this game. So, do you like Lester at 8,400 then? A little bit. Uh, it's kind of a GPP contrarian type. I know he got roughed up last time out by the Rays. A couple of six inning starts, with five strikeouts, the two before that. A little worried about the walk rate with Lester being up right now. So, that's where I think he comes in as a contrarian GPP. It's weird to see Johnny Quato down at 7,900, but the performance has kind of. This has been that. bad this year. Just hasn't been himself. I I don't see any reason to trust him, even if it is a watered-down Arizona lineup uh, with Godley going on the other side. So as you look for the cheaper option, I mean, Godley versus Nolas, kind of the debate at the top. Um, I'm leaning right now more towards Godley, but there's a $200 difference, so I think you can reasonably go either way. The cheap pitcher that I'm thinking about... Is Ricky Nolasco actually two. Ricky Nolasco and Daniel Gossett are the two that I'm thinking about at 6,000 and 5,900 respectively. Nolasco is on the road taking on the White Sox. I mean, the White Sox are a team that I don't think twice about right now. Um, I'm a little concerned because Nolasco, you know, when he's off, gets blown up for home runs. And we know that park will always, uh, you know, boost up home runs. So it's risky, but. At the same time, it's a way to save a lot of cash. I prefer Gossett to Nalasco. Yeah. I just fear that Gossett's going to be pretty popular uh, looking at the matchup there. He is at least at home going up against Seattle. So those are the two cheap options. You know, They're, they're both playable. I don't think I would want to go with more than like one lineup with one of those guys in it, however.
2: Yeah, the cheap options today are pretty disturbing. Uh, I, I, I would go with Gossett, I think, out of any of those cheap ones just because he seems to have a pretty good prospect profile despite his rough stretches in the majors generally to this point. And Felix has been really bad on the other side. So I, I can see going with Gossett, but I guess if I was thinking you know tournament logic like that you tend to with these cheaper guys i would just rather stay with the more expensive ones and uh, i think i would go with like if i'm going with a tournament only kind of consideration i think it would be weaver just because the skills seem pretty insane actually uh, like his walk rate uh, the walks that he gives up compared to the strikeouts is something that I'd, i mean, i haven't been following baseball closely that long but it seems pretty unique and if lester who's his velocity has been down a little tiny bit and he's just been weird i don't know what to make of that when like velocity is wavering and the walk rate goes up it seems like there's some kind of you know compensating laboring that he's doing that might be messing up his mechanics leading to the walks or something like that and i don't know if that's to strain to generate velocity or what it is but it seems like weaver should be pretty lowly owned because the cubs have been so good but He might be one of those guys who's kind of like Nola, where you don't need to necessarily be afraid of a tough matchup because sometimes they just, you know, are pretty close to unbeatable. Yeah. So,
1: for what it's worth, you know, you can go cheap. If I'm going cheap, it's Gossett. I'm probably not playing a volume to where I'm actually getting to that level. Yeah. More likely to stay at the top. Optimizer likes Darvish. I prefer uh, even Godly and Nola over Darvish, but all. All of them are, are viable. No you know. interest in Wood if the, the whole Dodgers hitting lefties thing. No, no, I don't yeah, I, don't, I, don't I want to. I'm not going to mess with Travis Wood. That just seems way too risky uh, at this point. Uh, let's start taking a look at some bats as far as possible stack options. You're know, looking at those bottom options. The Rockies are home against D-Pain. The Red Sox are at home against Brett Anderson. The Very Astros cold get Andrew Kashner. So, there's those options. Maybe the Phillies against A.J. Cole have some sleeper stack appeal. Angels against James Shields getting a park boost, perhaps. And then, of course, Marlins on the road in Colorado. I think those six teams are going to be uh, your predominant stack options for this slate. Yeah, Colorado has
2: weird weather. Like, I guess the rain doesn't look that bad at the forecast, but it's supposed to be like 45 degrees there, which um when it's 40 degree difference between the handful of other games on a slate i have to wonder if if it's got anything close to the usual coors uh relative advantage but uh yeah as far as the people to go at i i felix has been really bad and i i feel like there's some kind of reason to consider some of the cardinals if if you believe that Lester's just a bit weird right now but uh what stack are
1: you primarily looking at if there is one i mean if i'm going with one of the cheap pitchers and again i probably won't the marlins and, and rockies would be the the benefit of doing that more likely uh, i'm going to be looking to load up on andrew kashner i just don't believe in what he's done i want to he's get astro all year kashner. he's done it for a year this is it, crazy it can't it can't possibly continue for the last week he has to get hit hard At least in one of these last two starts, if not in both. There's there's so little to support what he's been able to do. It it just kind of blows my mind.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, basically, it looks like,
1: wow, 4.7 Ks
2: per nine. That is is crazy. Really, Um, really low for a guy that used to get a lot of strikeouts who, who had good stuff once upon a time. Yeah, so no strikeout he's almost walking as many as he strikes out. Um yeah, all right. Let's 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 go at Kashner. It's it's turkey time
1: for Andrew. It has to be. So the Astro stack would be my first read if you uh want to stack and, and feel really good about your chances of getting a, a big, big night from an offense, at uh, Houston would be that team. Let's take a look at the catcher position. You know, Buster Posey price down at twenty nine hundred. I like Godly enough where I probably won't have Posey, but for those who are not using Godly, I would say Posey was is in range of being used because that's just a really fair price, and Posey's still good. I mean, like I did, the Giants' <laughs> offense stinks, but Posey is still very good and catcher tonight. You know, with Real Mudo getting a, a big bump because of the Coors factor, Lucroy even being 3600 you just don't feel great about more than two or three other options anyway. So why not use Posey with that deflated price? Well, if you were looking elsewhere, uh, I mean,
2: there's a few guys who are pretty good hitters who are cheap. And if we're thinking Astros, Gattis at 2500 uh the boston guys like how's sandy leon doing lately not great but vasquez is doing pretty good and they're going against brett anderson so uh yeah i like vasquez and gaddis in that 27 and 2500
1: range respectively uh anything else come to mind for you yeah i mean brian mccann if he's in would be a good option too but yeah mike zanino is showing a ton of power he's shown that all year oh austin barnes at 2300 against wood austin barnes against the lefty always a good cheap play Zanino, kind of a, a GPP feaster famine type Always. of that long ball dependency. Uh, if you're not rolling Gossett out there, Zanino is in play. But 2800 with respect to the other catchers, you're not getting a major price break. Catchers in general, you could save a little bit just by looking for the Austin Barnes type. So I think that'd be one of my preferred cash plays, assuming he's in there yeah. today against Travis Wood. Moving over to first base, uh, the optimizer. The optimizer likes Yonder Alonso going up against his former club in Oakland. Mm. Alonso's been really quiet in the yeah. second half. He's kind of gone back to being the player he was prior to this season, which gives you a lot of pause. Very so exciting. Yeah. As cheap as he is, I'm I'm going to fade the optimizer's call on Alonso, even though it opens up a lot of potential Colorado bats if you were to do something like that. Uh, where are you going at first base? What What makes the most sense to you? looking at the prices being kind of stretched out high at the top with a, a Justin Bohr at 5300 mixed in there, yeah. and then a lot of other cheaper options. I mean, it's weird to me that even with with Bohr at 5300 why is Mark Reynolds 3600 This has happened pretty much all year where Mark Reynolds has been weirdly affordable for home matchups at Coors Field. He's been pretty slow in the second
2: half, right? Or, he uh, has. I, th- I remember he had a crazy start and then kind of became more... Uh, you know mark reynolds like but at first i i guess my favorite value if you can afford him is reese hop hop hoskins at a 4200 uh aj cole not very good and yeah hoskins is just like doesn't strike out all that power is there it's just uh it's rare that he does nothing and the, the ceiling is often pretty high so why not against cole a pitcher like cole uh but yeah are there any bargains at this first base that stand out to you so much because i'm i looked lower in the gallo against mccue i guess mccue gives up home runs usually does even on his you know in his better stretches he's home run uh prone so gallo at 2900 it's a lot of power and a lot of home run probability at that price
1: but uh yeah looking lower Who holes maybe against james shields at 2900 has some appeal because i just don't think shields is good no he's not so yeah there's there's that uh yeah I, I would try to get hoskins i guess myself yeah hoskins is the top tier option i think reynolds in the mid-tier gallo cheap and then if you don't like gallo Pujols. if you want to spend a similar amount of money would be also uh,
2: plays felix has been really bad olsen at home has a he's over a thousand ops and he's obviously just killing righties anyway so olsen also a very good matchup today
1: Moving over to second base, uh, tempting low price on Daniel Murphy, but having to match up against Aaron Nola, not enough of a discount for me to take the Murphy side of that one. Uh, Jose Altuve would be one of my key players today, even if you don't want to fully stack Astros. Getting Altuve against Kashner seems borderline unfair at 4,200.
2: Yeah, uh, that, that that's a good one. I, I guess I like Pedroia a little bit at thirty one hundred,
1: maybe like a cash option at least. He's been messed up. I I don't know though. Like I I like the idea of of that lineup. You know, hitting against Brett Anderson, but there's been some feast or famine in Dustin Pedroia's game uh, a lot in the second half. Yeah, like the health just c- continues to be uncertain. Uh, he's gone into double digits once in his last six games, actually, make it once in his last seventh. He's had a couple of days off, sprinkled in. It's not terrible. I just I, I think when I see Pedroia at 3,100, then I see Rudin Odor against Colin McHugh at yeah. 2,500. If I'm going to save money at second base, I'm just going to go for the upside with Odor. I know it's it's, it's right. a you, weird season, a weird line, but that's a crazy low price.
2: You've convinced me for uh, El Tuve, though. Uh, what do you think of Moncada? Again, I know you mentioned Nalasco as a potential tournament uh, desperation heave, but. Shower beer heave. Yeah. Crying shower beer. Um, Moncada, 3900 Is that too
1: much for him? It seems like a lot. It's uh, a lot. Uh, you man. know, you look at what he's done more recently. I know he, he was. Something was made of him changing to a lighter bat recently. I think that was something Tim Heaney brought up on the baseball pod, and he has been on a tear. You go back to the beginning of September now, 18 games that he's played, five homers, 303, 369, 539 line, averaging 14 points per game on FanDuel hmm. during that span. It's justified. That price is justified based on the matchup. I think it's hard for me to pay 3900 for Moncada right. when I can have El Tuve for 300 more. Yeah, I guess that's a bit. Yeah, that's that solves it. But I am kind of an infant when it comes to making uh, like logical good calls. Uh, moving over to third base, Chris Bryant against Weaver, 4,300. Kind of expensive for a tough spot. I mean, if, if Arenado's in, 4,900, great. Throw him in there. He's been dealing with a uh, hand bruise recently, so keep that in mind. Uh, ordinarily, Lamb, even though he's been cold in the second half against the righty at home, would play. Beltre I'd, at home? I, I'd be more interested in Beltre by comparison. They're the same price, both really 3300 I, I like that setup quite a bit. I would say Beltre, based on the price, might be the best value overall at third base today. Uh, Drew Pomeranz has pitched really well. Uh, and I know Josh Donaldson has done a lot in the second half to you know, regain some of the value he was uh, struggling to return in the first half. Do you like Donaldson as a kind of contrarian play at 3500 going righty lefty against drew Pomeranz.
2: yeah i think that makes sense because even in Pomeranz's best days he's he might give up a solo shot or something and if it's gonna happen donaldson matches up really well for that uh is there anything weird with jerko lately he's He's, awfully cheap he's been
1: getting a lot of days off and since that injury I, i think they've been really backing off him i think that's why we're seeing such sporadic usage um what do you think about matt chapman that's the other one guy? yeah 2400 i mean you mentioned matt Olson earlier and Olson gets lefty righty on king felix but chapman is cheap chapman's only 2400 mm-hmm. he brings brings a lot of raw power to the table
2: yeah those those two have been way better than i expected them to be for oakland and they both look i think really good right now felix does not look good and uh you know the, these oakland bats they they tend to hit well in oakland for some reason so yeah, I like Chapman and Olsen, both at 2,400. Chapman's uh, the only call I would
1: really consider other than Beltre, I think. Arguably the most chalky play on the entire slate, though, has to be Carlos Correa at 3,400 on a <laughs> duel, matching up against Andrew Kashner and the 85% Rangers. 85% owned. I, so high owned, but at a position where you don't feel good about many of the alternatives, I feel like you just do it and, and move on and get your get your separation, get your differentiation in your lineup elsewhere.
2: I think that's worth considering, you know, just at least for game theory reasons, Young uh, against Leicester. Uh, that's a lot of power at 3000 But otherwise,
1: uh, Corey Seager still kind of banged up. So I'm not taking the bait, the $2,700 price tag on him as much as I would like to. Um,
2: yeah, that's about it. So I guess for, for me, it would just be between Correa and like an obvious pick for cash games if you're doing that. Uh, but otherwise, I'd probably go with uh,
1: DeYoung, maybe Andrews. Andrews is in, is in play, too. I, I, I would be more inclined to play Andrews than Paul De Young, and That's probably reflected that's in, in the difference in price. Uh, and if Pat Vileka were to get in the lineup today, he's only 3000 So 3000 for a Coors bat would also be something that probably moves the needle. But really, I'm having a hard time uh, going away from Carlos Correa with the price being probably a $1,000 less than it could be. Yeah, yeah, he he should probably be like forty four hundred or something. Moving into the outfield, very expensive pieces in the my Mi- uh, the Miami offense. Uh, Stanton's fifty five hundred. Ozuna's forty nine hundred. Christian Yelich forty eight hundred. On the other side, Charlie Blackman cheaper than all three of them. So if you're like going to Trout, you're going to play one of them. Go forty seven hundred. Trout down at forty three hundred against James Shields. Probably yeah, that Korea. Like wow, it, it, it's a little bit like the Korea price. It's probably going to be very chalky. And yet, if you're going to cash lineup. Trout and Correa are probably the first two players I'm kick, I'm clicking in.
2: Yeah, it's in cash setting. You probably don't really need to think too hard about either of those. But yeah, in tournaments, that's a tough one too because there's such good you know projections. But man, they're gonna be like.
1: They're both going to be pushing 60 or more, probably. I may have lied earlier. I think the Angels against James Shields on the road with the price on Trout, Justin Upton at 3900 The Angels might be a surprisingly sneaky stack. Or Val Buenas, 2800 at third. Yeah, I mentioned Pujols earlier. There's a lot of Angels bats that I like based on their prices in this spot. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good call.
2: And obviously, Shields is one of those guys who, even when he's good, tends to give up a homer to somebody, and oftentimes more than one. Uh, What do you think about uh i
1: don't know nick williams against cole it's not bad i think nick williams is a, is a great gpp play you know probably gonna hit pretty high in that order 3400 is really good on him
2: do you figure that like, chris taylor is the uh, like second most no not the second no but one, top five chalk he will be chalky but yeah. I, don't, I don't think it'll be overwhelming. stanton the second one do you think stanton
1: might be up there george springer you know homer Last time out, oh wow, 3,100? 3, 3,100 on Springer. Man, gonna, that, that Astros game, gonna trout stack is going to be everywhere. Yeah, that's going to be like the cash lineup du jour. I, w- I would have to think. Yeah, I, I,
2: I mean, if I was, I'm not going to make a cash lineup, but if I did, that that's pretty
1: automatic. I think maybe I'll just make a cash lineup and put it into a GPP today because. Good grief. Those are some affordable prices. As far as some other options in the outfield Mazzara, go. Mazzara, 2,900. Uh, Mazzara is, yeah. Mazzara has been crushing. I, I like Mazzara quite a bit. I think there's still one more level for him as a player. As we oh, of yeah. Ahead he's going to gonna, year. He's gonna be awesome pretty soon. Yeah, so young and, and just so productive already to this point in his career. Um, kind of intrigued by, like, Victor Robles when he gets in today, a little less so against Nola. Right. Uh, but keep an eye on the lineups the next couple of days with him. Um, Derek Fisher, if he's in. Fisher's been pretty bad, so it, it, it kind of fits as a contrarian play, and if he's like leading off or something, then you get more excited because of the lineup placement, but I'm probably probably staying away from Derek Fisher unless he's in a really high spot in the order. Is there anyone sub 2,500 that looks viable to you? Yeah, the optimizer likes uh, Steven Piscotti. If you want to take a swipe at Lester, I think doing it with Piscotti it could make a lot of sense too, especially if you don't want to go to DeYoung because of the, the Correa value. Mm-hmm. Piscotty as an optimizer to call does make sense. I know he's made me look stupid in a lot of season-long scenarios this year. Uh, you look at his body of work, kind of come since coming back uh, in August, per game, only 7.2 points per game on FanDuel, uh, three home runs. So he's not overwhelming for a low price guy. He may not be that heavily owned
2: uh what about
1: chris young
2: against brett anderson at 2100
1: yeah I, I still believe in the chris young against lefty split that could be a good way to open up uh, some cash with that third outfield spot
2: yeah otherwise i, I look to the bottom there that's that's about all i could find but yeah i guess otherwise like you said uh piscotti maybe gritchick but otherwise
1: might as well just pay 3100 for springer <laughs> probably living my life though in a way where i'm just going ahead and making a a cash-looking lineup for a tournament because the prices are favorable enough where that can be done. Uh, Anything else that kind of caught your eye stack-wise as we went position by position? I mean, the Angels were one that I'm always looking to pick on James Shields, but I just didn't expect the Angels to be priced down enough to make it so affordable. Right. You have to figure that Houston is by far the biggest
2: stack second maybe like a tie between texas and the angels does that sound or if only because it's hard to have you know fit in that much volume for uh coors guys but obviously everybody would want the the coors guys if they could just take all of them but those houston prices are just it's like a you know a vacuum it's hard to stay away from that but <laughs> brett anderson i guess boston stag might be a good one like what What do you think about Anderson against those guys? Because it it didn't come up much when we were talking, you know, Boston guys going position by position,
1: but it seems like they should be able to light him up. And they're kind of flying under the radar too, since none of them individually really jumped off the page. I mean, you mentioned Chris Young against lefties. Vasquez, and that's it, yeah. And I think if you're going to stack them, you're going to aim a little higher. Hanley's cheap, but Hanley, also on the list of players that have disappointed me time and time again this year, if you're going to use Hanley tournaments against lefties, would be the spot to do it and they're at home today too which i think bodes even better for that red Sox offense kind of getting right or, or just playing well in a spot where they really should play well yeah and this this might be you know one of
2: the lowest ownership numbers you see for a 4500 uh home mookie bets uh against a, p- a pitcher like anderson so he, he with those guys like blackman and obviously people are going to want to take shots at stanton as he goes for 60 uh bets might be a little bit overlooked for how otherwise good the
1: projection is there for the series in colorado over under two and a half home runs for john carlos stanton uh I, I i think
2: i guess i have to guess he gets it because you know he's he's insane right now
1: and coors helps i mean it's a, it's a reasonable line right two and yeah. a half of the series just based on his form and the park and everything that happens is there. it three games yeah i think it's a three game series yeah, well, <laughs> you could almost put that for just like one Coors game for him right now. Oh, yeah, I mean, he could he could do it in one night. That's why it's it's, it's weird. Like that's how locked in he is. And uh, I've seen some early season long drafts for next year where he has gone uh, very early, understandably so because he's been so good in the second half. But man, what uh, what a year for John Carlos Stanton! Basically doing what Aaron Judge did in the first half, and and a bit more on top of that because of how solid Stanton's first half of the season was. That's gonna wrap things up for this episode of the Rotowire DFS Podcast. It's our last Monday baseball podcast this season. Thanks for listening to us, whether you picked us up beginning of the year or just down the stretch. Hopefully we helped you win some money along the way. Joe and Todd are back on Tuesday. We'll have episodes for baseball running through this Friday. Uh, If you want to check out our season-long baseball podcast, that will run once a week throughout the entire off-season. You can check that out on iTunes. Just search Rotowire. You can check out all the podcasts that we do. And, of course, we'll be here for DFS football, DFS hoops when that gets started, and maybe even have some DFS hockey sprinkled in at times as well. Take care.